All right. Whew. Lots going on, man. Lots going on. I want to talk about giftings today, but I don't know that I'll ever get to it. Huh? We gave. You miss giving? You can send it by pigeon. All right. Um, I want to talk about giftings, but I want to tell you a few stories because they're fresh on my mind and I think they're important, and it kind of goes along with it. Uh, first one, and they may be, the first one I'll tell you about is Vinny Vela. We, we met Vinny Vela. I don't know if any of you know who he is. We didn't when we met him. I don't know how many years ago it was, five years we went to New York. Um, the second time we went without kids, we flew up there. <clears throat> and uh, we were trying to do some New York things. We Googled what things to do in New York, and one of them was go have a cannoli at this famous kind of, uh, it, it wasn't that famous, but it was authentic, I guess you could say, small place in Little, Little Italy. Say that five times fast, Little Italy. And so we went there, and as we go in, there's this guy, and he's like the life of the place. I mean, he's just Italian, just a big Italian, loud guy, and he's, you can tell he's just the life of the party. And so we were just kind of drawn to him, and I like getting to know people, and we had already met several people in New York and talked about their stories and talked to them, and so we met Vinnie Vella, and we started talking to him. And, I mean, he just hammed it up. I mean, he was just joking around, da-da-da-da. About halfway through the conversation, he was like, uh, do you know who I am? <laughs> I was like, no, no. He's like, I'm Vinnie Vella. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> and he was like, Google me, Google me. Google me right now. Google me. I was like, all right, I'll Google you. So I looked him up. And sure enough, he's a famous actor. He was in Sopranos. He was in uh, Goodfellas, I think. He was in a bunch of a bunch of movies. You can Google him, Google him. Uh, but you can check him out. He's in a bunch of movies. But he, he had such an impact on us. It was one of our distinct memories from New York City was Vinny Vela. And he signed a little card for us. He was doing some comedy show, and he was, I think he was going to make some wine, some new kind of wine, Vinny Vela wine or something. But anyway, we just got to know him. We got to know his story. It's just what we like to do. And so anyway, several other things happened that trip. We ended up uh, praying for our limo driver that night because we got a limo cheaper than a taxi. It was a weird trip. And, and then after we prayed for him, we, we, some, uh, an Asian couple that were visiting New York came up to us and asked us what we were doing. So we got to pray for them too. And it was this really cool, trippy thing to do in New York City. But then this trip, um, we wanted to get, uh, Tracy got, I got, I got Tracy a uh, Pandora bracelet. She got an, uh, an exclusive Disney thing at Disney World. She wanted to get an exclusive New York thing. They only sell in New York. So we went around Soho and found a Pandora and went in there and talked to the lady that was had the charms or whatever. And, uh, and she had a real heavy New York accent. And so naturally I was like, well, you from New York? Have you lived here your whole life? I just want, you know, just want to know more about people. And she's like, yeah. So we get to talking. And uh, somehow it came up that about cannolis. We went to Carlos Bakery because Trin watches Cake Boss and wanted to go to Carlos Bakery. Anyway. Um, talked about cannolis. We are like, yeah, we had some authentic ones over here. And we met Vinnie Vela. Da, da, da. She was like, what? That's my friend. And we are like, what? No way. And she was like, yeah, Vinnie Vela. Da, da, da. So we started talking. And so she told us, she was like, you know, he's sick. And I was like, no. And she said, you know, he's, he's got, you know, stage four liver cancer. And they just had this big party that was almost like a living funeral, she said. She said, but it was, it was like a party because he wanted to have a party because um, he's Vinnie Vela, you know. And uh, so anyway, so we, we prayed for him. We wanted to pray for him this morning, so we did. But just continue to pray for him as well. That's one of the stories, um, but just how our lives kind of interact with people so far away. We've been in New York City three times, and, and we just run into similar pieces. It's crazy. Um, the other thing was Nathaniel. Uh, we met Nathaniel and Sarah. Sarah's doing great. Great time catching up with her. She just went full-time at this church. We got to meet some of the people there and just see how everything was going. It was just great catching up with her, and she told us some great stories about a youth trip. They took like 100-and-something kids to, to, uh, to Motion in Birmingham from Washington, and she, it, everything went wrong. I mean, the buses didn't have air condition, and they had a blowout, and like four kids went to the hospital. And I was like, not to outdo you, but 
we, we lost a tooth on one of our kids. <laughs> one of the things, like in the jumpy house, remember we had the jumpy house? And it ripped some kid's tooth out of his head. I was out there like riding the four-wheeler pulling a thing, and somebody told me, I was like, oh, no, was it a visitor? And they were like, yeah. I was like, oh, no. Was it a baby tooth? Yes. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Was it loose? No. Oh, no. But they were cool, and we discovered we didn't have a first aid kit, so we got a first aid kit. But we did have Emily, who was a nurse practitioner and took care of it, and the people were cool. Anyway, so we, we exchanged a lot of like horror stories, church stories. It was really good catching up. But then Nathaniel had a really cool story, and I want to share that with you, and it kind of goes along with what I want to talk about. Some of that was just family hanging out stuff just to share with you guys. If you're visiting, sorry, we just kind of hang out here sometimes, but uh, I'm not sorry, it's just who we are. But we, we uh, so we, we met with Nathaniel. Nathaniel goes to Columbia, which is incredible. He's a brilliant kid. I say kid, he's growing up, but uh, he's a brilliant kid. He started, I was youth pastor here when he started, and he started about a year early because he was pastor's kid, so we let him do it. And, uh, but I'll never forget him raising his hand. It's my first lesson that I gave. He raised his hand and gave such a, such a good question. And I was like, who is this kid, you know? And so we, we became friends over, he's got a quirky sense of humor like I do, and he's a genius like I am, and, <laughs> and so, so we just really, we're really good friends, and so, so anyway, I uh, had to catch up with him, so we did, and he told us to catch the one train to go somewhere, and that was, I'm not even getting into that story, I'll tell you all later, but we finally made it to where we were going, um, but anyway, uh, met with him and talked to him for a couple hours, but in the, in the middle of talking to him, I was asking him how he was doing with school and everything. And he was like, uh, I'm talking fast, so I don't keep you all too long. Um, but as we were talking, he said, well, he said, to be honest, the first year, I, you know, I wasn't super spiritual. I wasn't really going to church. And, you know, this is a very liberal place, and there's not a lot of evangelical Christians in my school or much, not a whole lot in New York City. And it's a very different environment than I'm used to, being away from home, all these different things he was going through. And so we talked a lot about that. He said, but, he said, it's crazy. Like the end of the, end of the semester, the end of the year, whenever it was, there's a, he's got several friends. I think two of them were Christians and the rest of them aren't. Um, but they're all really good friends and he's gotten to know them. It's been really good. But the two that are Christians are part of a Christian organization within Columbia University. It's a small Christian organization that they do things and they, go, they went on this like a little retreat. And so one of his friends, just on a whim, kind of asked him, would you like to, uh, Trace, can you throw me that? I'm already getting dropped here. Uh, the, uh, asked him if he would go to this little Christian retreat thing with this organization, this Christian organization within Columbia University. And I, Nathaniel said, I don't think he thought I was going to say yes <laughs> because he didn't know a lot of the people there. Well, I think it was only one of his friends that went, so I only knew one person there. And so he was like, sure, why not? And many of you know Nathaniel, that's how he is. Sure, I'll go. And Nathaniel is very to the point. He's not, you know, flamboyant or he's just not, you know, you know most of you guys know Nathaniel. If you don't know Nathaniel, Nathaniel is a thinker. He is analytical and but he's also moved and operated within things of the Spirit, and so he has this Holy Spirit moving in him, but he's just so matter-of-fact about it, it's just funny. Um, but anyway, so he's like, sure, I'll go. So he goes, and they're, they're in this thing, and the, the people speak, and it's, he says, it's very somber, it's very good, you know, they're giving scripture, and it's giving some, some things, and then they have a prayer time at the end, and it's, they kind of split off into groups, and it's quiet, and they're having prayer time, and, and Nathaniel's praying, and he said, you know, it, I was praying, just like normal prayers, and he said, the Lord, I really feel like the Lord's giving me a word of knowledge, like real distinct. And uh, he was like, wow, this is kind of crazy and awkward at the same time because I don't know any of these people. I'm here with one person. And anyway, so he's like, I feel like I have a word of knowledge. So he, he, he continued to pray about it and felt like he had confirmation, went up and talked to the person that was leading the thing. And like with the microphone, he was like, hey, I feel like I have a word of knowledge. Can I say it? Is it okay? You know, how's this work? And the guy was like, yeah, that's fine. He said, but, you know, don't have anybody come up front 
you know, meet him in the back, and you guys pray, and, you know, keep it organized. There's no, nothing wrong with that. And then he was like, okay. So then he got the mic, and he was like, I feel like someone is, is having some pain or something going on with the, was it their right ankle? Their right ankle. I mean, something simple as that. And uh, went back, and three people went back there and met him. And the first guy, he says, real quiet guy. You know, I don't know if he knew him or he just seemed to be a very somber, quiet guy. And he says, he said, you know, I just feel like the Lord wants me to pray for you. Just as a matter of fact, as I'm talking to you, and prayed for his ankle. And like, the guy got healed right there. Boom. <laughs> and the guy like went nuts. <laughs> he was like, oh, like he was just going crazy or whatever. And Daniel said he could see other people, groups in the room, praying and going. <laughs> like checking it out. <laughs> And Nathaniel's just, just as surprised as anybody else. Like, whoa, that's cool. You know, it's, it wasn't anything that he, you know, that he did. And so then the second person uh, was like a girl who had like some kind of career-ending injury. It was a big deal, whatever it was. And distinct pain and all that kind of stuff. And Nathaniel invites the guy that just got healed to pray with him. And so they pray for the girl. And she gets healed immediately. <laughs> and he said she, she wasn't like jumping up and down. She was just walking around like in bewildered, just like, well, I don't understand, you know, because they haven't really seen that. They, you know, they don't don't really move and in, in in see that kind of stuff. And so, so she's just walking around, just kind of like, this is crazy. And kind of walking and walking and walking. I guess waiting for it to not, you know, to go back to hurting or whatever. And it doesn't. And uh, so then the third person comes up and they pray for her or him. I don't remember if it was her or him, the third person. I was just kind of blown away by the whole story at that point. But anyway, they get healed too. All three of them immediately get healed. And I mean... You know we hear stories of all different kinds of things or whatever, but this, this is Nathaniel. This is somebody we've known our whole lives. And, I mean, we've, we've seen it. You know, it's not, it's not that radical to us. Um, but it's really cool to hear that. He's away from home in Columbia on his own, doesn't have a ton of friends, gets invited to some random, you know, this thing. Now, and he was telling us, he was like, it's weird because, you know, they're joking around about it, and, like, it's a buzz around the campus and stuff. And so they're like, hey, here comes the healer or whatever, you know, coming up with there. <laughs> and he's like, uh, oh, it's not me. And he said, you know, it's weird because athletes and these things and people that thank God, they train and they do this stuff. And then they win something, they thank God for it, and then people congratulate him. He said, it's different with this because I had nothing to do with it, you know. I didn't pray real hard or train or do anything crazy. He said, so I can't, I really can't take credit for this. And so having to try to explain that to them, well, Long story short, um, now he's been invited to like be part of the leadership of this group, and like he's got all this influence in the yeah. I mean, he's having all this influence within this group and within Columbia University in New York City. I mean, it's like ah, oh, this is crazy, and it and it's not because he spent the first year and not to say you know I always sound like I'm talking bad about reading your Bible, but I'm not. It's but what I lean so much more heavily on is how powerful the Holy Spirit was stirring in him and just waiting for an opportunity. And it wasn't anything that he had to work up and, and, and hurry up and confess something that he did five minutes. You know, he didn't have to train his mind to do all these things. He just let out what was inside of him. That's all he did. He said, this is who I am. Here it is. <laughs> I can't explain it <laughs> fully, really, but it happened. And so this is, this is just incredible to hear stories like that. And that's, that's what I want to talk about this morning, which I have, like, no time to do now. Um, where I was going to where I was going to preach from was very long. It was First Corinthians twelve, uh, one through, going all the way into thirteen, <laughs> and I'll probably finish this next week. But I'll I'll start it. I'll start in First Corinthians twelve, and we'll talk about it briefly. Um, and I'll pray and let you guys go. 
but, uh, but I want to at least get this out. Having told those stories, um, I feel like when we, when we receive the Holy Spirit, uh, we are given the greatest gift there is. And, and to me, the, the greatest manifestation of the Holy Spirit is love. We've said it a million times in here. So all a manifestation sounds kind of super spiritual, but all a manifestation is is an outward expression of what's happened, is what's going on inside. Now, we, we have lots of different ways that that happens, and we see some of them are cool, and we congratulate some of them, freak us out, we're a little afraid of them. But there's different manifestations. But all these things are gifts that come from God. They're not things that we work for. They're gifts, just as it says, they're gifts. Um, so we'll start in 12.1. It says, now about, about the gifts of the Spirit, uh, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So he, he, he is addressing something here that, that is important. He wants you to not be uninformed about it. He's talking to the Corinthian church. And many of you know there was lots of crazy stuff going on in there. We're not going to get into details. They're doing some stupid stuff. So he's trying to address this. Verse 2, you know that when you were pagan, somehow or, <clears throat> or another you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts. Listen to this, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. The same Spirit distributes them. Verse 5. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every in everyone, it is the same work, God is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given given, hear the, the language that he's using, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit to another faith, by the same Spirit to another of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different, uh, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Okay, we'll stop there for a moment. There's a lot to take in here. I don't believe that this list is necessarily exhaustive. I think that He's given descriptions of some of the things that we'll see in, in the church, and He's trying to help people identify some of these things and put them in their place and kind of how it all works. Now, in my personal experience, and I'm not going to drive a stake in the ground here on necessarily on spiritual gifts because there's a lot of th ways that we can go about this. But in my experience, I've seen that people that have a specific gift are not limited to that gift. Does that make sense? Have you guys experienced that? Now, I've heard teachings that say, well, this person gets this gift and this person gets this gift and we need to put them in order. <clears throat> I haven't personally experienced that. In, in teaching, I guess you could back it up with Scripture if you wanted to. But I think it would take your own, your own version of, of, of kind of spinning it. To me, to me, what he's emphasizing here is that God gives them, and they're for one purpose, and they're all together, and they're not divided. That they're, they may be different distinctively in what we see, but they're all for one purpose, and they're all from him, and they're all gifts from him. I think that's what he's focusing on. And I think if we get outside of that, we can get, like we always get diverted when we get outside of Christ and our Holy Spirit in us, we can take our own interpretation of it. But in my personal experience... You guys know I was lost for 20 years, got saved about 20 years old, and I'll be 40 this year, so about 20 years saved. And, and in that time, I've experienced seeing other people and also in my own life where I've, for the most part, I think um, my gifting is, is teaching or encouraging or some, you know, something like that. But, I, you know, I've spoken in tongues and I've, 
You know, I've, I've been given words of knowledge. Not all the time. I've seen, you know, I've seen images and different things, you know, specifically for people. I've given, you know, if you want to call it prophecy, prophecy. But it doesn't mean that that's the only thing that I can do or that I'm limited to that. And I don't think that we are all limited to those things. I don't see that. And so, having said that, we go into verse 12. Uh, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for, for that reason stop being a part of the body. It reminds me of, uh, of C.S. Lewis. What was this quote about standing in the... I can, I, can curse, I can sit in a dark room and curse the darkness or I can light a match. <laughs> you can... You can beat your head up against the wall about things and you can get frustrated and, and say that I don't belong or I'm not a part of something. But if you're a Christian, you're part of the body. There's no Lone Ranger Christianity. It doesn't work that way. We're, we were born from community and we're made for community. Um, and we need each other. I need you guys. <laughs> we need each other, but I need you as well. Um, so verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. This blows my mind because I believe that God has placed you guys here with us. God has placed the parts in the body. And this goes bigger than us too. This is the big C church too. He's placed people in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. This, this comes back to what I continue to preach about trusting him. Either we trust him or we don't. Either he's placed us or he hasn't. Either, either we submit to him because we trust him or we don't. And we can, we can, we can fight the inevitable, but he, he rules. <laughs> it's not, I don't want to get off on a rabbit hole there. But uh, verse 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem, now if you're taking notes, underline that, that seem to be weaker, they're not weaker. We need, to, we need to see that. That seem to be weaker are what? Indispensable. Now let that sink in. Because I believe that there was a time, <clears throat> there's a time in my life that the church that we were going to after I got saved, I was called up to be a youth pastor, and I did not think I was worthy of that. I dropped out of high school. I didn't go to seminary. Literally, some of my first lessons, one of the <laughs> One of the youth mentioned Martin Luther, and I thought they were talking about Martin Luther King Jr. I didn't, I didn't even know who Martin Luther was or anything about the Reformation. I'm being taught by the youth. That's a true story. <laughs> Finally, one of them was like, who do you think we're talking about? <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. Who else? They were like, no. Do you not know about the Reformation? Anyway, that was a long time ago. But that's a true story. I really didn't even know. So I felt unworthy. So I really felt weak, and I felt unworthy. God filled those places and taught me through the years, but I felt like I wasn't good enough. And I don't know if many of you have felt like that within the body of the church. Like, I'm not, I don't have a gift. I, I go back to the elf. <laughs> we seriously watched the elf like four times on this trip. But there was one distinct phrase he said, and I always hear new stuff when I hear it from, like, they're playing in the back seat. I can hear it. And one of the, one of the things he said, <laughs> they were like, we all have special gifts. And Buddy the Elf's like, looks like y'all all have the same gift, and I don't have it. 
And so he was, he was just feeling like an outsider. He's like, we all have our own special gifts. No, you guys all have special gifts. Well, I don't have anything. But how many, how many of you felt like that? Like, I'm in this church, and I feel like everybody has these gifts, but I don't have anything. You know, I feel weak or meek. Or, well, we, mis, we transliterate meek into weak. It's not. But we feel weak, and um, we feel weak, and, but actually it's just a feeling, or we seem weak, but we're actually indispensable. We're very important, all of us, all of you. And the parts that we think, here's another, listen to the wording here, and there's parts that we think are less honorable, we should treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there, would, so there should be no division, no division in the body. I could say that 20 times because that's one of my biggest beefs within the Big C Church is, is division and arguing amongst Christians. And I'm, just, I'm guilty of doing it sometimes too, and I shouldn't. But there should be no division in the church. If we can, if we can reach out to the lost people, we should be able to reach out to the people within our church and within other churches around the city. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying for that, and I'm working on that myself. So I hope you guys are with me on that. There should be no division in the body. Um, and, and things are happening around our city that are, are, are um, building that, that same idea and that same belief up. But, uh, there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. I can tell you that I've experienced this with, with our church. That's not a hard thing to say. I've experienced you guys suffering when people suffer. I've experienced you guys rejoicing when people rejoice. We are all equal. We all have places that we lack, and we have other places that we uh, excel in very easily. Some of you are, are shyer, hold back. Some of you are more um, loud and obnoxious. <laughs> I didn't look at anybody specific. It's probably because it's me. I'd need a mirror. Uh, but there are different... There are different giftings, there are different personalities, there are different things that we all work in, but we all work together for, for one thing. I'm going to have to get to the end of this because I can't pull it all together without it. I'm going to run through it quick, and I apologize. We'll, we'll probably revisit it next week, if not, unless the Holy Spirit leads me some other direction. Verse 27, <clears throat> now you, you, I point at you, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. This is good news. <laughs> and God has placed in the church... First of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Question mark. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, here's what's cool. The, the last verse, he says, Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. But he doesn't tell us the greater gift before that. Well, which one is it? Because it seems like you've, you've said first, second, third, fourth, so... It should be the first, right? First of all, apostles. So we should seek apostles. But he doesn't call that the greater gift, does he? What's he say next? And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. I'll show you the greatest gift. Here we go. Verse 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, I'm going to stop right here because many people that I've heard want to debate or argue about speaking in tongues or other modern-day operation of the gifts, will use this as an example of, of how they're not needed or they're not wanted in the church. 
But what they don't read is in context of the rest of the scriptures around it and something I won't even be able to get to later where uh, Paul's saying, I hope all of you speak in tongues more than me. I, I eagerly seek these things. You know, this is good edifying things that I want you to have. But what he's saying here, he's speaking specifically to the Corinthians who have gotten caught up in all their spiritual gifts and have forgotten about the most important thing. Now think about that when he's saying this. Let's put this in context of what he's saying. He's not saying don't, don't prophesy, don't speak in tongues, don't serve. He's not saying these are all... He's not just talking about speaking tongues. He's using it as an example. Do you understand this? He's not just specifically talking about that. Like I would use an example about one thing. I'm not going to give you my whole theology in one Sunday. He's speaking specifically to some people about something. And so he's saying, look, it's great that you guys are speaking in tongues. You guys are running around prophesying. But you're also having some other issues. Let's get back on track. Verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. I give all, all my pos, uh, possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast. But do not have love. I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Now I'm going to stop right here. Um, and I've talked about this before too, but... I've been in circles where people have some incredible giftings, and I believe that they're God-given gifts. But I've, I've seen those people, unfortunately, put more faith in the gifts than loving others. And I think some of us can, can get off track, too. I'm not just, just speaking of other people as though we can't get off track. But my heart, especially within our churches, because this is where we are, is that we never that we do seek those gifts, but we use them to edify the church and to use them to edify each other and not to hold over people's heads that, that we know better than them and that they're not as good as we are because, because they don't have these giftings or, or that, they're di- that their gifts are different than ours. That, that hurts me, and I, I don't think it's just me that it hurts. I think it hurts the Holy Spirit inside me because that's not God's heart for people. God's heart for people, first and foremost, is love, and I think that's the greatest manifestation of the Holy Spirit in us is an overflowing of love for people. You guys do a great job of demonstrating that all the time. When I was going through, seriously, like driving down the road, um, going through, I wanted to, I really wanted to do this today. Um, I'm glad I didn't because there's not as many people here as, uh, um, that I'd like to be here because there's so many of you, and I don't think we have enough buckets, but I wanted to have like a foot washing where me and Tracy just washed all y'all's feet because I'm so very humbled at the giftings that you guys have. You guys, I mean, there's so many in here that are, more intelligent than me. There's so many in here that just have better discernment than we do. There's so many in here that have just different types of gifts that I don't have um, or that, I, that I'm not as fluid in, if that makes sense. And I'm so honored to know you guys because after church we'll talk or, you know, we'll get coffee or we'll just discuss things. And I'm, I'm like, wow, you know, this is so great that this God that's in me that moves and, and speaks to me and helps me live my life and that he's in other people. He does the same thing with them and there's this great connection that we have. And that's what he's trying to say here is that it's beyond just the gifts. But having said that, don't neglect your gifts. Don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. Don't say, okay, well, we don't need it anymore. We do need it. We need God's gifts in our lives. We need his discernment. We need his guidance. We need his leading. We need his supernatural power where we don't have. We need us to see the weaknesses in ourselves, even not just in the church, but in ourselves. We go, okay. There's places where I think I'm weak. There's places where I think I'm not good enough. 
it's, it's okay to see those places, and we submit those to him, and he fills them up. And he fills them up with supernatural things that, that we can't do on our own. So when we, when we pray, sometimes we don't know what to pray, and then he gives us tongues so that we can just communicate with him. Now, later on in this, he talks about, you know, if you speak in tongues, we need to have an interpreter. In a church setting is what he's talking about. But if not, you're speaking to angels because you're, it's edifying to you. Not necessarily the whole church, but it's edifying to you. But guess what? If it's edifying to you, it will eventually be edifying to the church. There's nothing wrong with it. Do it. <laughs> That's good. He's trying to give some order to some things that have gotten into chaos. And so, in your giftings, this, this chair is squeaking and it's distracting me. I'm going to try to stay still. In your, I guess I can stand up. In your, uh, in your, in your seeking and operating in the gifts, don't, um, don't neglect those things. Don't think that you don't need them because we do need them. They come along with everything that's, that's given to us within the Holy Spirit. Jesus died for us to have these things, and they're all within us. And so as we, we grow, we begin to move and operate in these things. By all means, identify them and use them. But always under the umbrella of love. Always under the umbrella of love. Because if we ever get outside of that, just like anything else as far as doctrine and theology goes, if you get outside of love, we get on our own track. We begin to mess up, and then we fall. We're going to mess up, and we hurt people. And then, and then many of you have experienced that in other churches where churches, instead of building people up, they've crushed them. And they've, done, they've gone back somewhat to the, the old covenantial ways and, and been like the Pharisees and put things on people that, that they them themselves can't even carry. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be like that here. We want to build people up and lift them up. And not just in this church, but outside. Because you don't check the Holy Spirit at the door when you leave. <laughs> so when you go out of this place and we, when you go to New York City or you go to D.C. or you go wherever you go to travel or you... You go on vacation, or you go to your job, or you go to your school. This Holy Spirit's stirring in you, just like Nathaniel. He's, in, he's at Columbia. He's, he's making straight A's this semester. He said, yeah. He said, next, next semester, I don't know. I, suppose, I think it's going to be harder. I was like, whatever, man. As long as you're passing, you're doing good. Um, <laughs> big encouragement from, yeah, from Pastor Justin. Just come on. It's Columbia, man. Do you have any idea? And uh, he said, by the way, he said that never gets old because we were talking about when we, when we say something to our friends, Tracy was telling somebody at work, they're like, whoa, Columbia? And he was like, yeah, that never gets old. <laughs> that never gets old. It's pretty cool. Um, but at the same time, when, when, when you've, you feel like you're not good enough and you haven't had your quiet time um, and it's been a few weeks since you've really gotten on your face and just prayed or, or done anything and you have an opportunity to minister to somebody, don't discount the Holy Spirit in you because he's still stirring and he's still moving. And just because a tree doesn't have a ton of branches on it right now doesn't make it any less a tree. And so I want to encourage you, there are places that you may think you're weak. Submit those things to the Lord. Say, okay, this is, this is my insecurity because I, I deal with this too. This is my insecurity. This is what I struggle with. Lord, this, this is what I need you for. This is what I need you to fill up. These are the gaps that I have. There's something, and I'll leave you with this, and, and I know I'm going a little bit over, but uh, there's something, in, and I'll teach you something you probably don't even want to know. I sell, most of you guys know I'm by vocation, I'm in sales for paint equipment, that's what I do. And there's something called a profile. Many of you probably have sanded things with sandpaper, wood, or different things around the house. Most of the industrial guys will sandblast, and they blast things, and it leaves a profile, basically bumps. If you look at it microscopically, it's got little bumps in it, <clears throat> peaks and valleys. And what happens is, there's a chemical bond and a mechanical bond, and we're not going to talk about the chemical bond because who cares? Mechanical bond is what I want to talk about because it goes along with what I want to talk about. Mechanical bond means when you put a profile on it, the paint hangs on it better. It sticks to it better, and, and it leaves uh, with the, the 
proper profile, it will leave a slick, beautiful finish, almost automotive finish, even industrial applications. So what happens is you have these areas that, that have these, gap, these, these peaks and valleys. And so I, when I saw that, when I was sitting in a very boring uh, PowerPoint presentation for work somewhere, and what I saw in that was um, some, of the, some of the places that we feel like we lack. And I saw some of those peaks and valleys. And then I, I saw the Holy Spirit filling it up like paint, like making it beautiful. And, and all those places where we think we're not good enough and we're ugly and, and we need him, we really do need him. But he comes in just like that. And I know all analogies break down, but this was a good visual for me. And he fills all those places and he makes it all unified, beautiful. This goes beyond even us, even in the church. So we have these peaks and valleys and we have these different giftings and these different areas and places where we think we're weak and places where we think we're strong. Sometimes we're actually weak. We have these peaks and valleys, and I imagine that's just, just overflowing of, of Holy Spirit paint <laughs> and just filling all these places and just making them all beautiful and unified and all together strong. And so I'll leave you with a, a ridiculous image of paint. So if you guys will stand up with me, I, I just want to pray for you. <laughs> it's been a crazy week, I tell you what. It's, it's been an awesome week, but it's been a crazy week. And, uh, but I want you guys to go out of here and encourage and, and lift it up. Um, stretch, yes, he's stretching, stretch out. I want you guys lifted up and knowing that there is this Holy Spirit. If you've invited the Holy Spirit to live in you, he's stirring, he's moving in you. Whether, you. whether you know it or sometimes whether you even believe it or not, he is even above our own conscience, the Bible tells us. He's even above our own opinion of ourselves. So as he's stirring, when you get in different situations, just ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this situation? Holy Spirit, what are you saying about me? And the funny thing is, when you do that kind of stuff, he answers <laughs> In, in very peculiar ways, and it's pretty awesome. So I want to invite you with me as, as we leave this place, whether you, you come to Grace Unplugged, I invite you guys to come, or you go out to eat, tip your waitress well, <laughs> um, pray for um, In any way, listen to the Holy Spirit as you go out of this place, and let him fill those places, and let him encourage you when you go out of here, because I'm not going to be with you all the time, and, and he is... So, Lord, we just uh, we thank you for this, this morning, uh, a bit scattered, <laughs> but, uh, but we just, we just want to follow where you're leading, and I feel like that's where you, you were leading us today. Lord, we, uh, we lift up all the prayer requests that we had this morning. We continue to, uh, to just uh, lift them up throughout this week. Lord, we just, we just want to pour, um, <laughs> pour you out and just spill over into people this week as we... As we interact, we come, into, we come into contact with people. Lord, let us hear their stories. Open our eyes and our ears. Uh, sometimes I don't listen very well. But Lord, just, uh, just, just let us shut up some <laughs> and listen to people's stories and get to know them and build a relationship with them. Lord, and give us the opportunity to speak life into them. Lord, uh, show us those, uh, those uh, divine meetings where we just bump into someone and we begin to, to, uh, to see that it was really you that, is, that, that has made that, that encounter. Lord, we trust in you 100%. You're why we're here and you're why what we do. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.